0: The following is a presentation of the Belly Sports Media Network. Hey everybody and welcome back. The New Year's Six Bowls have all kicked off and they were just as exciting as promised. Maybe even more exciting for some of them. We see the Orange Bowl was a very orange one. The tide rolls Kansas State in the Sugar Bowl. And we'll also talk a little bit about how Cam Rising has yet another Rose Bowl injury and the unfortunately sees his team lose to the Nittany Lions this time we see in the playoffs TCU pulls off the upset that nobody saw coming at least very few Uh, and Ohio State shows that they have more physicality than they're given credit for but it's just not enough to beat Georgia we're also going to talk about the NFL playoff picture and how it is getting much clearer we'll see how the Jags keep their hopes alive Pats hold on uh, against the Dolphins The Seahawks fly past the Jets, the Lions maul the Bears in a one-sided game. And Aaron Rodgers and the Packers need just one more win to get in. We'll talk about all of this and so much more today on Rising to the Occasion. back everyone it is an amazing new year there's a lot of great things going on we're very excited for here on the show to be able to bring you more content and better content as we keep on growing as we keep on pushing forward I do want to let everybody know that today we are sponsored by I know one of my favorite uh, sponsors of course probably Britain's as well he's not here with me today but it's Marlboro's Golf and that's because it's our company uh, we started this thing from the ground up I've, I've put a lot of hard work and a lot of blood, sweat, and tears in this company. It really is some of the best fabric. Uh, I've, I have tried a few different vendors to try to get these polos, and Mahler Bros Golf, we have put a lot of work into putting and giving you the best product. We have all kinds of polos, new designs constantly coming out as much as we can get on there and design them. Uh, we have some hats and t-shirts, mugs, so much more. So go check it out at MahlerBros.com. I promise you will not be disappointed. And just because you're listening to this podcast, because you're you're showing some support to Rising to the Occasion, if you use code RISING2, we'll give you 10% off your order. So go over to MahlerBros.com. That's M-A-H-L-E-R, bros.com. And you can use code RISING2 for 10% off. All right, I do want to start this episode off. Uh, I was going to record last night, and my plan was to try to talk a little bit about the Cincinnati Bengals against the Bills game as it was going on, and also talk a little bit about the rest of the NFL as uh, it had all shaped out. And of course, as many of you know, there was a a tragic uh, happening in that game, which caused it to be suspended. It's not going to be played, um, but... It, it, was, it was definitely something that, uh, I mean, it was it was a shock, uh, absolutely. But it was just something that I, I found that it was a little too insensitive to be recording during that time, to be talking about it right then. That's not what it's about. But I do want to start off by mentioning uh, that our pr- prayers go out to uh, Damar Hamlin and his family. Um, it really is touching when something like this happens because for those who, who know me, uh, football is a passion of mine. I, I have loved the game of football since I was extremely young. I got the chance to step on a field and put pads on when I was in fourth grade and being able to watch some of these guys do it at a higher level on TV has been another passion of mine as I didn't really continue my career in football. Uh, even, even though I, I may have wanted to at some time, I, I chose not to go that route, but I have always enjoyed watching the game of football, and that's a huge part of why I started this podcast. Uh, and, and something that we forget when we're watching these games and cheering on these players, we're hard on them uh, because of the profession that they're in. And we, we may tease them, poke fun, but what happened, uh, what, what would be last night to me now, what happened on that field on Monday night was extraordinarily scary. Um, and it's something that you never want to see when you're watching football, uh, not just for the entertainment side of it, but for the fact that for those who don't know, DeMar Hamlin, uh, had some sort of cardiac arrest on the field and had to have, be given CPR. Um, just prayers out to him and his family it was a very scary moment. Uh, I I know a few few people that that were at the game, they said it was very scary there and none of the fans were really really leaving because they knew how serious this situation was, not because they wanted the game to go on. Uh, And and hats off to the NFL, to the coaching staffs, uh, to both teams for just deciding to step away from this game because it truly is something that I I think when you see this happen, you realize that those are human beings on that field, not just football players. Uh, So as much as we like to be hard on them, Uh, And and talk about this sport and talk about how much we love it and and have entertainment from it. Uh, Just again, I I can't I can't escape or I I can't express how much uh, it it really does hit to each one of us as football fans. I'm not even a Bills fan uh, and when I see a player go down like that and, and the scary side of it is just the fact that he gets up as if it's fine. And so let's, let's just remember that as we go forward and as we watch these games to, to remember these guys and, and always be hoping for the best for their safety, for their health. Um, this is an extremely scary situation. And I know a press release came out and I know the family uh, is, is thanking everyone for, for their deep concern. This is something too, that unifies us. Uh, we may have our rivalries. We may have our, or moments where we tease each other for our own teams and stuff like that. But this is something that unifies us and we can at least find the good out of that. And again, I really hope uh, that DeMar Hamlin is going to be okay. Uh, And, and the, the entire time I know my, my parents and I were all watching the game together and we were kind of excited. My dad had wanted to, Catch the the Bengals game. He 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 wants to be a Bengals fan, and so he keeps on trying to catch them. And it's hard to do that with different regions and stuff like that. And so we finally got to to sit down together to watch a game. Uh, you know, we we'd watched a couple, but I think this is the first Bengals game that we've been able to sit down and watch together. And then this happens, and we all just sat there in disbelief of what had happened. We we didn't even understand what was going on, uh, and and so just heart. And, and, and prayers uh, absolutely lifted up uh, to to the Hamlin family and to DeMar himself. Um, and keep them in your thoughts and prayers, even if you're not one who prays. Uh, at least do whatever it is that you do to 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 be thinking of him and hoping for the best. Um, but it really was a scary situation. But let's go ahead and, and dive into it. We've got a lot to talk about. We're going to go ahead and first start off about this Orange Bowl, uh, it it really was an exciting game. It was a fun one. And we had talked about this one on the Belly Up Super uh, Football Super Show. And I wish Blake was here to talk about this one with me because uh, he was the one that really stepped in and said, hey, guys, I want to make sure that we understand that this is going to be a Joe Milton show. This is the time for Joe Milton to step out and to... You know, really shine um, because he's been given this chance. He's he's able to come out here and play in this bowl game. And so for Joe Milton, he came out and he he had an amazing game. Very good percentage-wise. He was 19 for 28, 251 yards, and three touchdowns. The greatest thing about this, and this is something I've brought up several times, the the one stat that I think matters the most when we're talking about. Uh, You know, overall, when we're talking about a quarterback, the one stat that I see that that matters the most is the touchdown to interception ratio. Joe Milton had three touchdowns, but no interceptions. That's that's outstanding in his first big game for the Tennessee Volunteers. uh, It was amazing to see him step in for Hendon Hooker and Hooker supporting his team all, all along the way. But on the other side, we also talked about Cade Klubnick. Excited to see him play, and I do think he has a lot of potential, but, but man, did he show a lot of DJ U and him in this Orange Bowl. He threw the ball a ton of times uh, and, and really not great, um, but he did put up 320 yards. But again, the touchdown-interception ratio here really shows Cade Klubnick's game, at, at least in this game. I, I don't think that this this stands true to, to who he is as a player, but he was no touchdowns through the air and two interceptions. Uh he had a 49 QBR so not a good game for him at all but it, it was really cool to see the the volunteers come out uh, and, and do this and I know a lot of people have given Josh Heupel flack for his statements uh you know stating that he's now beaten the last uh, I guess four of the last five national champions uh so I mean it, it, I mean it's true. Where's where is the the lie in, in his statement? He has now beaten Alabama and LSU and now uh Clemson uh and and so just to to see these three on their schedule that they're able to take down uh excuse me I think maybe the last three of the four maybe that's what the statement was there but uh and I guess that would be more true as well but it really is cool to see Tennessee shape out to be this way uh in this bowl game mainly because these are the guys that for the most part are going to be coming back next year to be carrying on this legacy that this volunteers team has, has really put out there. And so it really is cool to see the volunteers end their season, 11 wins for Josh Heupel in his second year at Tennessee. Uh, And I don't think it's going to end next year. I don't think, I don't know that they have as good of a year next year as they did this year, but I really do have high hopes for them going into next season, uh, especially with Joe Milton and seeing how he played again. Two hundred fifty-one yards and three touchdowns through the air is amazing. Uh, for Cade Klubnik, again, I know he didn't score through the air. He did have a rushing touchdown, so we have to give him credit for that. Uh, and I, I just, I, I look at the the Volunteers in this game. I see how you know, specifically Joe Milton, seeing that he's a senior, uh, him coming out in this game and being able to play. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's really cool to see him come into this position because. You know, a lot of people may not have known who Kate, uh, who uh, Joe Milton was, and and knowing what he's going to be able to do in this game, and for him to step up and make that that big uh, that big time move in this game to be able to lead his team. Uh, overall, I don't know if I've mentioned this yet, but uh, overall the Volunteers did win thirty four to fourteen against Clemson. It was just really all Tennessee. It didn't seem like for a single moment that Tennessee was going to let this one go. And again, it was just a steady game. They didn't really start off fast the same way that they have in the past uh, throughout this year, but they definitely stayed steady. They kept on moving the ball. Uh, They kept on scoring at a consistent pace. So a great job to the Tennessee volunteers at ending their season 11 and two for Clemson. They really need to tweak a lot. I think the defense and the defensive line specifically is something that they need to attack in this upcoming season I guess for for next season it's crazy to think that we're already towards the end but let's go ahead and jump over to the Allstate Sugar Bowl we talked about this one also on the football super show it didn't it didn't pan out the way that I was kind of hoping for it to I realistically I thought Alabama would probably roll over the Kansas State Wildcats uh, if I'm being realistic with myself I did think this would something like this would happen. But I had high hopes for Kansas State because for one, they have been a very good team. They're a 10 win, uh 10 win uh team this year for them to come out and and to put up 10 wins, 10 and 4 to end their season. That's an amazing accomplishment for this school because this school hasn't had a whole lot of those in recent years. Uh, you know, you're backing up and, and seeing what Dan Schneider built up with this Kansas State program. He built a program that is a very tough program, but it's not one that has been able to flaunt its national championships or even conference championships and for them to win a conference championship game to be able to come back and beat TCU after being uh, after losing to TCU earlier in the season uh, I mean it was was a really good season for them so hats off to them and also uh, a a huge shout out to Deuce Vaughn he had his way with with uh, Alabama overall uh, you know for the most part And, and you can't really expect much more from him. It really relies, uh, you know, it really, really bounces back on Will Howard. I think he had a horrible game, and I I hate to see it from him because he really did do a very good job stepping in for Adrian Martinez. Uh, I I didn't see anything. I'm assuming Adrian Martinez was still banged up, and that's why they didn't play him much. Uh, He did have two carries for 12 yards. But Will Howard, he was just barely over 50%, uh, two interceptions and no touchdowns through the air. So, I mean, it just was not a good game whatsoever for him. And that's ultimately what lost this game for the Kansas state wildcats. And another part is just that their defense could not stop the tide. When you, you, uh, I I guess, let me back up and talk about Deuce Vaughn for a minute. He had 22 carries. That's a a, a big load for, for a guy like him uh, to be carrying this team. He had an 88 yard touchdown. That was an amazing uh, play during the game. And it was amazing to see him have that the largest, I believe that was the largest touchdown or the longest touchdown ever given up by a Nick Saban-led Alabama team. So that was a huge accomplishment for Deuce Vaughn, for him to be able to come out and and have this kind of a game. He had 22 carries, 133 yards. That's six yards on average. That's an incredible game. So huge shout out to Deuce Vaughn. He did an amazing job. You just can't expect too much more from him. You need the other guys around him really to pick up, and especially Will Howard, with that, that percentage. But what are you going to do against this Alabama tide uh, defense? You know, their defensive backs played an amazing game. They really stepped up and, and just really did good. And and also a huge shout out to those who stayed in this game, because this is something that we talked about in the super show is that we, we look at the, the Alabama in the past and seeing how their players come out in, in these kind of games. And especially even, even Nick Saban to an extent, we see that they just don't do well in Sugar Bowls because when they make it to a Sugar Bowl, it's always on a season that, of course, if they're making it to the Sugar Bowl, they did well enough to get to to a big-time bowl game. So they're expecting to go to a national championship. And that's absolutely the case, again, here for the for the Tide this year. And so for Alabama to be able to keep the players, again, shout-out to the players who stayed and decided to play in this game because for Alabama to show up in this game and to play the way that they did, it really takes everything that they they did in the past. You know, you look at, uh, I think it was 2014 when they played against Oklahoma and lost to Oklahoma in the Sugar Bowl. Excuse me. Uh, and there's there's been a few other years where Alabama's known not to do as well in the Sugar Bowl. So great job for Alabama to be able to come out in this game and to be able to pull off the, 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 the win the way that they did, because I think at least for us on, on the Super Bowl, the, the, sorry, I keep on saying Super Bowl, but for the football super show, uh, whenever we had that a few weeks ago, we, we talked about Alabama and we thought, you know, that they're probably going to struggle and they're going to show a lot of those struggles, but there really was no struggle from the tide. They started off a little slow, but got it rolling and kept it rolling and secured the game. Uh, Jamar Gibbs had a decent game. He didn't do A whole lot but he did have 15 carries 76 yards but the guy that stood up and and again for the guys coming back uh, you can talk about Will Anderson coming back he was great on the defensive side to see him do what he did Um, but then for Bryce Young to come into this game and throw for five touchdowns yeah that's right five touchdowns he had 321 yards on 15 attempts that's 15 yards on average that's that's an amazing game. So Bryce Young, congrats to you for coming back and securing this win for your Alabama team. Right before heading off and going into the draft, this is huge for this team and it's huge for for Bryce Young. And it's something promising for Alabama to see that the adversity that they went through, two losses under Nick Saban, is really kind of unacceptable. And for them to go through those two losses, get to a sugar bowl where some people may have been counting them out a little bit as far as how well they would do. For them to prove everybody wrong and say, no, we're still a tough Alabama team that's going to come in here and take care of business. And for them to do so in fashion, beating Kansas State 45-20. to 20, And really, uh, I believe that last quarter touchdown really was kind of a garbage touchdown. Uh, just one, you know, kind of a garbage time. So for Alabama to stand up and, and to pull this off. It was a huge win for them and really good for the program overall. But again, huge shout out to them. Let's go ahead and move on. We've got Tulane going against USC. Tulane is one of those teams. You back up a year ago, Tulane did not have a good season. They didn't even make a bowl game. So for Tulane to come out this year and have 12 wins ending with 12 wins after beating USC, this, this was an amazing year for them. Of course, on the other side, you have USC who was ended 11 and three after this loss, USC had an amazing season, and I don't don't want to take that away from them. I know Lincoln Riley is going to get a lot of flack, and he already has, for losing this game uh, after being up by double digits. I know that that's something that has been in his tendency, uh, but the Green Wave is able to come back from a 15-point deficit to beat USC. USC had an amazing season, and a big part of that is Lincoln Riley and his offensive scheme going along with, with uh, uh, Caleb Williams and his amazing season. And Caleb Williams, he— they really relied on him a lot and mostly through his arm. You know, he really didn't run a whole lot. He ran four times, uh, didn't really pick up a whole lot there. Uh, They ran 22 times with, with Austin Jones. He really wasn't able to get anything going. And uh, you know, the, the, the running back that really did a lot was Relique Brown. He had six carries for 61 yards and a touchdown. So for him to be able to pull out and to kind of have these, these big gains, Uh, With a 10 yard average. That's an amazing job for him. But Caleb Williams is really what carried this offense the entire time through. And we kind of questioned whether this hamstring would hold him back. And I think it did rushing wise. Again, he only had 10 yards. But as far as his arm, his arm was on fire. Uh, He went 37 for 52 and 462 yards, along with five touchdowns. He did throw an interception. And just overall, I mean, I, I have to give props to Tulane for coming into this game. I think they were overall, I think they were underdogs because I know I counted them out because I thought that they wouldn't be able to match up against this USC offense. I didn't think they'd be able to stop them. But what I I guess people like me may, may have forgotten is just how bad this USC defense is at tackling and securing the, the, the man with the ball, the ball carrier, and, and, and keeping him from getting first downs and scoring touchdowns because Tulane came out and, and just kept on firing on all cylinders, even when they were down. And really at halftime, it seemed like a pretty big deficit. You know, being down by 14 points at halftime is not easy to overcome. But for Tulane to keep on fighting in that second half, uh, scoring 16 to 7 in the third quarter alone, that was a huge part of their comeback and then to close it out in the fourth quarter and end up winning 46-45 to 45 against USC. And Michael Pratt is one of them that I, I, I really like this guy. Uh, I got to see this two-lane team and really almost an identical team. Uh, I, I saw them play against Oklahoma a year ago. And last season when they played against Oklahoma, they gave Oklahoma a run for their money. And for a moment it seemed like Oklahoma was going to lose a game very early in the season to this two-lane team and this two lane team who ended up going on and not really doing well that season. I believe they had maybe 4 wins. Uh so for this two lane team to turn that around and turn that into 12 wins this season and not only that but also to come into this game against a really superior opponent when you when you compare the the talent on both sides of the ball uh, from two lane compared to USC and what they have, USC absolutely has the 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 higher the higher-ranking talent, and and there's no question about that. But for for them to come out and recognize that and not let that bother them, uh, Michael Pratt he was he was phenomenal, uh, really all season. And if you back up uh, again, backing up to when I I recognized seeing this Tulane team and thinking there was something special about them, Michael Pratt was just a fighter. He got hit so many times in that Oklahoma game uh, last season, and he was a fighter, and and I saw that in him. I recognized that. And he, he did an amazing job. They didn't really rely on his arm a whole lot, but with only eight completions, he racked up 234 yards in this, this, uh, cotton bowl. So he, he did an amazing job and did what he had to do with two touchdowns. He didn't throw any interceptions. That's really all you can ask from him. Uh, his percentage could have been a little better, just, uh, you know, just under uh, 50%, I believe. And not only that, but, but on the rushing side of things, uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher his name, but uh, Tyjay Ty Spears. He had an amazing game. He had 17 carries, 205 yards. That's 12 yards on average. I keep on bringing these averages out because I think we we can easily look and see. Well, yeah, but he carried 17 17 times, but 205 yards. That gives him 12 yards, so that's averaging 12 yards per carry. And he ended up ended up scoring four touchdowns. Uh, so I mean, that was just an amazing performance. Uh, and really helped this Tulane team. He had a 62-yard touchdown. Uh, there was a 40-yard touchdown by Michael Pratt. Uh, again, bringing him up because of of uh, what he was able to do. Excuse me, not a not a 40-yard touchdown, but a 40-yard run. Uh, and then another explosive play over 15 yards uh, by by Shady Clayton Johnson. Uh, so 19 yards there for him. Uh, and you know the, there was a a receiving touchdown and went for 87 yards. There was. A couple of other receptions that went for over 50 yards. There was one that went over 50 yards, 59 yards. Uh, So, I mean, just some big plays that this USC defense couldn't hold back. And ultimately, Tulane pulls ahead. They're able to pull ahead and win that Cotton Bowl by one point. Uh, So just an amazing season from them. I don't think many people thought that Tulane was going to be able to win. I knew that they were going to be able to hang in that game just from how they've played this year. You look at that game, I think backing up, a lot of people were kind of shocked that Kansas State lost to Tulane early in the season. But, I mean, if, if you look at Tulane, and especially with hindsight, recognizing how Tulane has played throughout the season, that that Kansas State losing to, to Tulane really isn't that bad of a loss at all. Uh, and for Tulane to come out, again, 12 wins, it's an amazing season for them. Uh, and and I'm I'm really really proud of them, happy for them, uh, and hopefully they can carry that on into next season. Hopefully they can keep this ball rolling, and that's a big time bowl game, and that's something for a conference that's that's losing some players. Uh, it's something that they they need. They need a team like Tulane to stand up, and uh, you know to to do something. Let's go ahead and move over to the Rose Bowl game. We have Big Ten against Pac-12. We have Utah, who is upset for their loss last year, I believe, against Ohio State, if I remember correctly. So Ohio State beats Utah in the Rose Bowl with Cam Rising going down. And we see the same thing this year. We see Cam Rising not having a good game at all. He went eight for 21 and 95 yards, a touchdown and an interception. He did not have a good game. He did end up getting injured, and he was pulled out of the game. And so, again, this is something that we saw last year uh, in the Rose Bowl. Utah going against Ohio State. Now he's sitting on the sidelines and sees his team fall to another Big Ten opponent in the Penn State and Nittany Lions. Penn State ultimately played an amazing game. I know we have all, at least on this show, we've all given uh, Sean Clifford quite a bit of slack, you know, uh, kind of ragging on him a little bit. But he played a pretty good game. He went 16 for 22, 279 yards. That's, again, 12 yard average, 12 and a half yards. And he had two touchdowns through the air, played an amazing game, and really helped his team to to carry them to this win. And again, something else that Penn State did so well in this game is that they were just steady. They didn't start off fast. They didn't really end fast. I guess in the fourth quarter they did pull away a little bit with a uh, you know with a double digit uh, score in the fourth quarter. But overall, they were just very consistent and kept on doing what was. You know what was going to work because we we, we talked about this uh, in in the the Super Show again. Backing up to that, whenever we talked about it, because I think that's the only time that uh, at least the the hosts on this show have talked about this game. But what we what we recognized before this game, and I think a lot of people did, is that you have to give the ball to your star running back to give it to Nicholas Singleton, just let him carry the ball. And they didn't give it to him a whole lot. They only gave it to him seven times, but that was really enough for him to make. a a huge splash in the water uh, and and a a huge splash in this game because he went off 120 yards on just seven carries. Again, I'm going to bring up this average. I know I'm doing that a lot this show, but 17 yard average because there's been been a lot of big averages. Uh, So, I mean, just for him to come out and have that kind of an impact on just seven carries 120 yards. That's amazing. And, And on a very big stage, This is something that I'm sure a lot of NFL scouts are going to see. I know they already have their eyes on him because he's an amazing player and somebody that that the NFL scouts want to see. They want to see him do well. But to see him do it on this stage against a very tough Utah defense, uh, I don't think they're a joke. I don't think they're somebody, you know, a a team that you take lightly. So for Nicholas Singleton to do that uh, with – I'm going to mention his 87 yard touchdown as well because that was huge. Uh, and so for 87 yards, I mean, that's just an incredible game. He, he definitely did carry this team, but I, I think he did it with the help of Sean Clifford. Uh, and the fact that Singleton was able to do that with just seven carries is really what shocks me with this this uh, Penn State team. I think Penn State just played an outstanding game with not having to rely on him carrying it 20 times. And so the, the offense kept on moving, and Penn State ends up winning the Rose Bowl 35-21 to 21. Again, another amazing game and if you missed it, it was it was definitely one uh, to to watch and I I wouldn't be mad at you one bit if you went back and rewatched it. But let's go ahead and jump into the NFL action. We had an exciting week in the NFL because the playoffs are coming up. The playoffs are coming very soon. We have to see how this playoff picture lines up and it's getting a lot clearer. It seems that we have a pretty definite answer of, of who is getting in, but there are some that are still hunting for that last spot, hunting for a wild card. We'll talk about them. Let's first start off with the Jags. The Jaguars come in, and they need a win. They just need to keep on winning. That's all they need to do, uh, and it's it's pretty easy, right? But they did have to go and play the Texans, uh, and so for them, uh, the Jaguars played a, really just a flawless game. Uh, overall, they they, they I, I don't know what else they could have done to do better in this game um, overall. I know a, a, a player that we've all been down on since entering in the league was Trevor Lawrence and Trevor Lawrence played an outstanding game overall. I mean, he, he didn't, didn't do anything too bad. He wasn't able to put the, the ball into the end zone through the air, but they didn't really need that uh, the way that they, they were rolling. Uh, and so the Jaguars are able to win 31 to three. And really, I think one of the standout players even though, again, I don't think they leaned on him too much. Another another running back that they didn't have to to rely on carrying 20 times was Travis Etienne. Etienne coming in this season, we were all very excited because he wasn't able to to play uh, because of injuries. But now he's finally able to to uh, to to really make a, a splash in the NFL. And he has just nine carries, but 100 108 yards, and he had a 62-yard uh, run for his long. Was able to get into the end zone as well, but. The Jaguars were just able to rely on their running game. They had three rushing touchdowns, and that's really all they needed to do. They just needed to keep it on the on the ground uh, and just keep on going. Uh, that's that's really all that 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 they needed. Uh, and so it was just really really good for them to be able to to uh, pull away with this win. This really secures them uh, to where they, they really sit in the driver's seat to be able to make it to the playoffs. Uh, so a very good game for the Jaguars. Uh, And again, uh, I'm I'm excited to see what they can do because they're one of those teams that now they're starting to catch some heat. Uh, They're one of those teams that you don't really want to see in the the playoffs just because of how hot they're getting. Uh, And so because of this and because Trevor Lawrence is finally pulling his game together, I think that they're going to be a team that can be good in the playoffs. I don't think they're going to get very far just because I think they're a young team, but it's something promising for next season. If they can just maybe add a couple of pieces to really strengthen up, I think, Ultimately, maybe strengthen up on that defense. Uh, possibly get maybe another wide receiver or so uh, to to help out with that that passing attack. Uh, just to help uh, Trevor Lawrence and, and what he's he's trying to accomplish here. And I think he's made extremely huge leaps and bounds from last season to this this season. Because I know Britton and I uh, we're going to be doing another one here soon. But we did our tiers for all of the the quarterbacks in the league, and we put him very low because we were not impressed with him in his first season. But coming out in his second season, a very good game. Uh, very impressed with Trevor Lawrence overall. But let's go ahead and move on. The Pats are another team. Pats and the Dolphins are both two teams that are trying to get in. The Patriots are able to pull out ahead uh, against the Dolphins. Not a whole lot to, to really say for this game other than Mac Jones was on fire. Uh, I think Max jo- or, sorry, Mac Jones played a, an extremely good game. Another quarterback that I think a lot of people are are kind of no, they're, they're not very high on him. Uh, I, I think a lot of people are expecting Mac Jones to not last very long in the NFL, but I think when you look at the way he can play in these big-time games when it's clutch time, when you have to put something together to be able to move forward, when you have to win to make it to the playoffs, you see Bill Belichick come away with a strong defense uh, and being able to help his quarterback and, and put him in good positionings. Um, but overall, they, they really did rely on Mac Jones – because you know the, the best best rusher in this game was Ramondre Stevenson. As an Oklahoma fan, I love to see that, but he only had 42 yards, and they only rushed him eight times. Uh, and so they they really did rely on Mac Jones and his arm to come away with this win. And he played a phenomenal game: 20 for 33, 203 yards, uh, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, we got to see Teddy Bridgewater play a little bit. He played an all right game. It just wasn't enough to pull out with the win. Uh, And the Patriots win 23 to 21 to keep their playoff hopes alive. And another team that that we see is trying to get into the playoffs and they really hold their own destiny is the Seahawks. The Seahawks are able to fly right past the jets. You would think that a jet would be faster than a Seahawk, uh, but it really wasn't in this game. It was really all the Seahawks and it just seemed like they, they didn't have any answers um, because Overall, the Jets, they only score six. Seattle wins 23 to 26. And Geno Smith is just one of those quarterbacks that we see. And I, we we don't we didn't expect anything. We, we thought, you know what? The Seahawks just have to ride out this season with Geno Smith and wait for this upcoming draft because we know this upcoming draft you're going to have uh, some guys like C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young to pick from. And for some, they may, may even say Will Levis. I don't think he fits that system, and I, I'm not too high on him overall as a quarterback but with Geno Smith he came into the season just as the filler quarterback and that's really what he's been he's just been a a good backup quarterback and that's about it but he's played a phenomenal season and taking over where Russell Wilson leaving the Seahawks we thought that maybe the Broncos would be really good and we were wrong there and they're they're eliminated from the playoffs already and having to fire their first year head coach and Nathaniel Hackett already but not only with Geno Smith, you know, he had a, a great game, two touchdowns, uh, 183 yards, but Kenneth Walker, uh, he has had an amazing year. Uh, he had 133 yards in that game uh, that's really tough to do in the NFL. So that was, that was really great to see him doing that, uh, and, and being able to, to step up and, you know, we, we see Kenneth Walker showing out this year when they really need that, they really need a running back to be able to step into that role and help that offense keep on rolling. You can't really rely on Geno Smith to do it all. Uh, And especially coming into the season, I think now we see Geno Smith showing the type of player that he really is. But uh, Mike White, on the other hand, we we thought that maybe Mike White was the guy. Maybe he's the guy that they need to stick with. Who knows? Maybe they, they stick with him going forward even into next season. But he really did not have a good game at all. 240 yards through the air, but just over 50%. And he threw two interceptions, no touchdowns on the day. Uh, so it really wasn't a good game. Again, Seahawks win 23 to six, and they sit in the driver's seat. They just have to hold on and win one more game. Uh, that's that's really all that's that's needed for the Seahawks to be able to to get into the playoffs. Uh, you know, it's 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 kind of between them and uh, the, the Packers at this moment. But with the Lions, we'll talk about them in just a moment. If the Lions. Win against the Packers in this this Packers game. Again, we'll talk about that. I don't want to jump too far ahead of myself, but if the Lions win and the Seahawks lose, the Lions then secure their spot into the playoffs. And so it's it really is a tight race uh, over there, uh, you know, for for these these three teams really. And so uh, the Lions are really rooting on, uh, rooting for the the Rams uh, to be able to, you know, ultimately for the Rams to beat the. Uh, the Seahawks. Uh, so that way the the lions can hold their own destiny and in, in getting into the playoffs. But at this moment right now, green Bay just needs to win and they hold their own destiny. Uh, again, we'll talk about them in just a moment, but let, first let's talk about the lions. The lions went out on a complete, a complete tear. I mean, they were just completely tearing it up. Uh, an amazing game for them. Jared Goff, again, another guy that we, we, I feel like he doesn't get enough credit for how good he is, and I think that when he was with the Rams, I think he he was held pretty high in the in the standings for quarterbacks in the NFL. And as this trade went on between Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford, a lot of people were were kind of hating on on Jared Goff, and and I understand for for the most part seeing this trade that you would rather uh, Matthew Stafford, and especially with all of the, the loyalty that he gave to the, the the lions throughout his whole career and, and how strong of a quarterback he is. But when I see Jared Goff, I think that he's a, a pretty good quarterback and I think he has a lot of potential and he showed it in this game because the bears, there's, there's one thing that we've, we've had to say about the bears, I guess one positive thing to say about the bears all season long. And it was their defense. Their defense was, was good enough to be a playoff defense, but what was lacking was the offensive production uh, and justin fields i mean I, I feel bad for him as being a young quarterback he's not been given a very good hand uh, this is his second year in the nfl and he's just he he's not on a good team he doesn't really have any weapons uh, he finally has uh, chase claypool but he wasn't able to to do a whole lot in this game uh, Kmet was the, the leading receiver with 27 yards and a touchdown but Justin Fields, he didn't have a good day passing whatsoever. Uh, seven for 21, 75 yards, one touchdown, one interception. But he had a really good day running the ball. Uh, 10, 10 carries for 132 yards. That's 13-yard average. I know I keep on bringing up the averages, but that's that's a really good running game. But you can't rely on Justin Fields to be your entire offense. You need to be able to throw the ball. You need to be able to run the ball with a running back who's able to help kind of split off that 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 uh that versatility in the backfield to be able to have Justin Fields as a quarterback and his running attack is amazing that's that's an amazing thing to have but you need a running back to be able to step back there with him to be able to draw some of that attention you can't expect Justin Fields to do it all and that's ultimately why the bears have been so bad this year but the lions just completely rolled over top of them Uh, They they rolled over the, you know, they ended up winning 41 to 10. Uh, I think that says enough about this game and just how, how great that they were, uh, you know, for the, for the lions anyways. And again, the lions are another one of those teams that if they do make it into the playoffs, they're one of those teams that I could, I could definitely see them getting past the first round of the playoffs because of how, how strong they've been here in the, in the, the last half of the season. They started off as a joke in the beginning of half, the beginning of the season. But if that defense can put something together and make some stands, and the offense can keep on doing their thing, because uh, Williams is doing amazing, uh, and then Jared Goff again, I think he's he's done an amazing amazing job uh, with everything that he's been given this year, and as, as much credit he, as he's given too, I don't think he's given enough. But you know, overall, with Jamal Williams back there helping DeAndre Swift, he's back. Um, Both of those guys do an amazing job, both with a rushing touchdown. I think that this Lions team could be very good in the playoffs. I don't think they're going to make it all the way. I don't think they're even going to make it past a second round of the playoffs, but I think that they're a a team that could win at least one of those uh, games in the playoffs. But moving on to the Packers, the Packers really hold their own destiny after completely killing the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings are in the playoffs, so maybe that's why they're not playing too hard right now, taking it easy. But Green Bay just came out and they were just killing them the first half alone, uh, you know, with, with a a 27 to three lead in the first half, third quarter was scoreless and very slow, boring game. But then the fourth quarter was just an offensive battle, 14 points apiece for both of these, these teams. And I mean, Kirk Cousins, he just, uh, this, this is one of these Kirk Cousins primetime games that we expect from him, I guess, because he threw three interceptions, and that's ultimately what what kills this team. Uh, you know, with, with the way that Kirk Cousins was was playing and the way that he was throwing the ball, just not a good game whatsoever for him, and and that really hurts them. But Aaron Rodgers, on the other hand, he did an amazing job, uh, just keeping everything in front of him. I think he started off really slow. I'm pretty sure he may have missed like his first six passing attempts, if I remember right. Uh, So, I mean, it was just it was a very slow game for him. But something I've been saying all season for the Packers is they need to remember that they have an amazing running back duo. And really, they have one amazing running back and Aaron Jones that just keep on handing him the ball when you see them hand him the ball and just rely on him to get them down and then just rely on, on Aaron Rodgers to do his thing and not lean too much on the passing game. They do really well. And they did that this game. They, they gave Aaron Rodgers the, or uh, sorry, Aaron Jones, the ball 14 times with 111 yards on the ground. AJ Dillon, they they split, split the backfield quite a bit. He had 12 carries with 41 yards and a touchdown. So he was more of the short yardage gain uh, running back in that game. But overall that, I mean, the Packers just, they, they showed up uh, and, and, it was talked about with the Packers when they were fighting for that seventh win. Are they going to be able to finish off these last three games with a pretty tough schedule? And especially now going into next week. So next week, the Green Bay Packers have to beat the Lions in order to secure their wild card uh, playoff berth. And so, you know, for them to make it into the playoffs, they have to beat the Lions. Uh, and for the Lions, they need to beat the Packers and hope that the Rams can beat the Seahawks. In order for them to squeeze in. So it is going to be a very fun game. I believe that was moved to Sunday night football specifically for this reason, because it's, it's a win and you're in kind of game. And it's going to be a Sunday night football game that is going to be one not to miss. Uh, even if it's not Sunday night football, uh, if I'm wrong on that, I apologize, but regardless, it's going to be a game that you do not want to miss. You want to be able to tune into this green Bay Packers against the lions game, because if we remember in the beginning of the season when the Packers lost to the Lions, the Lions were just eating Aaron Rodgers up. He threw, I believe, two red zone interceptions. Just a horrible game from Aaron Rodgers and overall, just the, the Green Bay offense all all together and, and for really the whole team. Uh, and so it's it's going to be in a very exciting game. Uh, and there's there's a lot more to, to go through with this the NFL, but that's all we're going to cover. Uh, it was. A fun week, um, but like I said, the playoff picture is starting to to line up. It's starting to get to the point where we know who's going to play who. Uh, we're starting to, to kind of see who's in and who's not, who has a chance. And there's very few teams that still have a chance, but they're, they're still fighting. Just a few on the outside and looking in. But that's all we have for today for Rising to the Occasion. If you are watching or listening up to this point, we thank you so much for your support. And we encourage you to go over to Rising2.com to check out all of our content. Please share and and just give this give this out to all of your friends. Share it on social media, uh, send it through a text to one of your best friends who also loves sports. We want to be able to cover more sports as we move forward into this year. I know we did a pretty bad job of that uh, during football season but we promise that uh, this is a sports show a national sports show that we're going to cover much more than just football so stay tuned for that for the, throughout the rest of this year if you're watching on youtube and you haven't already make sure to hit subscribe hit the notification bell as well so that way you know when we have more updates and if you're listening on apple podcast or spotify make sure to give us a five-star review that's a great way to help us grow to help us get our recognition we thank you so much for supporting rising to the occasion Until next time.